For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. Yeah. Movie number four of the golf movie fivesome. It's Happy Gilmore. Nick, I'm very excited. <laughs> Let's do it, Joe. Let's jump right into it. Okay. Released in 1996, starring Adam Sandler, Christopher McDonald as the legendary Shooter McGavin, Julie Bowen, and Carl Weathers as Chubbs. Joe, most of my Happy Gilmore movie prep, in addition to just watching the movie while I was drinking a couple nights ago, was... Finding a professional golfer's career that most mirrors Christopher McDonald's. Nick, we are very much on the same page because that leads me to something I want to talk about later. That's that's very exciting to hear. Uh, the movie was directed by Dennis Dugan, who uh, directed multiple Adam Sandler movies. He also plays Doug. He's like the tour commissioner guy. That's the director of the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it made $41 million on a budget of $12 million. So pretty good return. Yeah. I have to read you this first sentence of a review from Roger Ebert about Happy Gilmore. You ready? Mm -hmm. Happy Gilmore tells the story of a violent sociopath. Since it's about golf, that makes it a comedy. (laughs) I just love that. And what was funny, Nick, was I read that review and then I immediately, immediately turned on the movie. So... I kind of forgot how bonkers like a two hour sequence in Happy's life is to open this movie. So it opens. It kind of is happy growing up. His dad dies, lives with the grandma. So you get all that set and then it goes right to the hockey tryouts. So happy doesn't make the hockey team again, then immediately assaults the coach of the team. (laughs) Who's probably in his (laughs) sixties. So that happens. He runs over to Subway, he gets a couple of meatball sandwiches, gets dumped by his girlfriend, then goes on the intercom and starts being a perv to this little boy who's listening to him do it. <laughs> after that, one of the people who was listening after a while, a woman who's probably in her 50s or 60s comes up, <laughs> Happy has sex with her. <laughs> so that covers like a two hour span of Happy's life. I, I'd seen that a bunch, but it just occurred to me more after reading Roger's little first sentence of his review how bonkers that is maybe the most underrated scene in that movie is the next morning when he's running out of the apartment and she runs out and she's like you don't want breakfast (laughs) (laughs) it's such a great thing because it's just like and the movie is littered with those right like these little Mm -hmm. jokes that don't have to do anything like the caddy's a perfect example like like 
in the first golf tournament he plays in where the caddy's there, Kevin Nealon puts down a quarter to mark his ball, and the caddy picks it up and put it in his pocket. There's just tons of little stuff like that throughout the movie. Um, but Nick, just kind of generally speaking, this is, to me, Adam Sandler's best like comedy of that like first, let's just say, 10 years of his career. This, to me, is the number one. For sure. Um, the thing that I like struck me the most is all the one liners that I just completely forgot about. And, and the ones that I still use today that I forgot were attributed to happy Gilmore. Like we'll be playing with our dogs and I'll throw the ball and I'll like almost hit a dog. And my wife will be like, Nick, you almost hit the dog with a tennis ball. And I'll just be like, I oh, should have been standing there. And then I see that in the movie and I'm like, oh, I forgot that's from happy Gilmore. It's just like part of my everyday life now. Yeah. I mean, We'll get to the Shooter McGavin stuff later because he is such a legendary character. And, well, I'll save that for later. I have lots of thoughts on him. Um, Nick, I figured we would run through, because there's a lot of, like, really good, just small characters in this movie that we could totally skip over if we're not careful. So Mm -hmm. if if it's good with you, I was going to hit, like, six of them real quick, and then we can get into other stuff. Yeah. Okay, so the first one is Ben Stiller. Like... (sighs) (laughs) it's incredible he's a mate that is a totally like throwaway character in most movies but he is an incredible character so he's the evil orderly at the retirement home he's taking care of happy's grandma and he's just an absolute psycho he has like probably three or four really good lines my favorite of his is when the old lady is like my fingers hurt and he comes in oh your fingers hurt well now your back's gonna hurt because you just pull landscape duty anyone else's (laughs) fingers hurt (laughs) And that mustache, it just, it's, it's, it's oh, fabulous. Mustache is great. He, he's hawking all the quilts the old ladies are making, flipping a profit on these poor nursing home women. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Chubbs. Chubbs. I mean, the, the inspiration behind Happy, right? I remember Chubbs being in this movie a lot more. And I've seen this movie... Well over a hundred times that exaggeration. We wore out the VHS, but I probably hadn't sat down and watched it front to back five, six, seven, eight years. And Chubbs is like in three scenes in this movie, maybe like four or five at the most. But he's he's not in it as much as I remember him. And my favorite part of Chubbs, there's a lot of silly stuff, but in, the, in like the the first time we see him, where he's reading the Golf Digest and he's trying to teach the lady who's just like not even connected with the ball at all. It's all in the hips. Oh, the hips. Oh, the hips. Great job. (laughs) Here's another one. (laughs) And then when he, like, first meets Happy when Happy's in the batting cages, and then Chubbs comes out and explains why he's not the next Arnold Palmer, and he shows his wooden hand, and then Chubbs pulls out of his pocket the eye of the alligator, which I guess he (laughs) just keeps on him at all times. I forgot that. The the thing the part about that scene that I forgot is the kid that gets into the batting cage after Happy and just gets absolutely taken out by the pitching machine. <laughs> yeah, it's another example of like just little tiny things just thrown in there throughout the whole time. But Chubbs is great. Um, you know, the scene at the mini golf course, I really enjoy. Find your happy place. Love all when, that. When Chubbs gets behind Happy and he's like <laughs> basically grinding happy on the first tee to help him relax um the juxtaposition juxtaposition between chubbs and happy <laughs> in that season the tension baby season the tension oh and you could tell like adam sandler has like a genuine laugh on his face during that scene where he's like <laughs> carl weathers is humping me right now this is pretty weird <laughs> uh but no love chubbs um we mentioned him a second ago the caddy who is just trying to clean Happy's windshield for a buck. And he's great. He's fun. I mean, that that's the dude. I can't remember his name. I think, um, shit, I can't remember. But he's the star of Grandma's Boy. He's also like the limo driver and the wedding singer. So he crops up in a lot of like Adam Sandler-ish hmm. movies. Um, but yeah, you know, he barely says four words. <laughs> like when he's washing his undies in the ball washer. Probably my favorite moment of his. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the putter toss when he just, uh, just catches it with, <laughs> sticks with the one hand catch. Whips it at him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to talk about How this. about the other caddy? How about the I'm caddy? I'm just going to bring him up. Oh, okay. Awesome. Go, go, go ahead. So this was his only movie appearance. 
His name is, and Nick, you could not make this up if you tried. Jared Van Snellenberg. <laughs> That's a caddy in Waterbury, Connecticut, if I've ever heard it right there. Oh, God. And the, the bleached hair is classic, and he's like clueless, but compared to Happy, he's the expert of the golf business in this course. <laughs> Their first little moment where he's like, well, I'm going to carry the club because they're really old. And he's like, what should I do? Don't make me look stupid. And he's standing right in front of the guy <laughs> trying to tee off, and Happy's just like, where are you on that dipshit? And stares him down. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, that that's another one of those great one-liners. Uh, Vern Lundquist, great in this movie. Yeah, um, it was very pretty apparent they filmed all of the scenes just in one day from one location, which was great. Um, he provided some some authenticity and like some a little bit of realness to this extremely fake and make-believe golf scenario that we're actually like kind of bought into. I tried to do some digging on his uh, broadcast partner, the guy that sits there and does absolutely nothing. For some reason, this time around, I paid a lot of attention to him. He's not credited in the movie. I could not find anything about him. I assume he's just like probably a writer or like a producer who looks like an announcer that they just sat next to Vern Lundquist. My favorite line from Vern in the movie. <laughs> Quite a large and economically diverse crowd. <laughs> <laughs> As to show up people with beer helmets. I oh. thought that was so great. Yeah. Um, something, Nick, and so we're about the same age. We're both in our mid-30s. And when this movie came out, we are probably like 12 years old. And the big thing when this movie came out wasn't Shooter McGavin or Ben Stiller. Those weren't the big things that have kind of become the cult items that you point to in this movie and say, okay, those are the best parts about it. Adam Sandler fighting with Bob Barker was Happy Gilmore when it came out. That was like the scene that everyone took away from because Bob Barker was, you know, still in his prime back then. He's For sure. Mid-90s, yeah. But mid-90s, yeah, that's like peak prices, right? And the idea that Bob Barker got in a fist fight with Adam Sandler was like the takeaway from this movie. And it's just interesting how that's like not even a thing that's really talked about in this movie through 2020 eyes but like back in 96 that was what this movie was about when that when when he teed it up with bob barker it was the first time i remembered that that scene was in this movie i was like oh my god this is the like how did i forget about this entire scene and bob barker whoops his ass that whole tournament is so funny that's what when they first introduced the heckler who's just messing with Happy Gilmore the entire time to get in his head. And he takes out on Bob Barker and Bob Barker's this like super competitive golfer who is like dying to win this pro-am. It's like his one claim to fame every year. But like, okay, is Nick Faldo hurt? Why wouldn't he just play with Nick Faldo again? <laughs> they won it last year. I don't know. Uh, so the jackass guy was the last one I had on my list. He's tremendous. I've got one more after that. Okay. So I've got the jackass guy. But I love, obviously, him yelling jackass. You're going to need a bottle of suntan lotion and a towel because you're never getting off that beach. I've said that to people plenty of times. So good. <laughs> My favorite moment of his is after he successfully, like, causes Happy Gilmore to get in a fight with Bob Barker. He's meeting with Shooter in the woods. <laughs> and he's like, okay, so give me the next tournament. And Shooter's like, no, nah, no, nah, this is it. And he's like, all right, let's go to the Sizzler, my treat. And you can't go. And he's like, but Shooter, we're friends, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah. We're friends. <laughs> it's like, I love this sort of weird, creepy dynamic with the jackass guy. <laughs> just just leave me alone. Exactly. Um, Mr. Larson. <laughs> Happy Gilmore, in the start of the movie, gets fired for shooting a nail into his boss's head and then uh, gets his ass whooped by Mr. Larson, gets put in the hospital, and then uh, Mr. Larson becomes his biggest fan uh, walks around in his golf course, and he's like seven feet tall with a big nail sticking out of his head. Yeah, no, Mr. Larson's fantastic. His little uh, thing with Shooter where he bends the nine iron. I would love to know if that was actually, like, I'm sure it's probably movie magic, but my 12-year-old self and my 34-year-old self <laughs> both believe that that actor bent a nine iron in half. I mean, he's so big, it's definitely believable. Um. The other small thing that I just want to mention that I really enjoy is uh, Happy Gilmore telling people the ways that his girlfriend died. Oh told my his God. grandma she got hit by a car. 
told Virginia she fell off a cliff and died on impact. <laughs> and I love how he just throws it in while he's meeting people as if like, don't worry, I, I'm single and you know this because my girlfriend died on impact. I'm falling <laughs> off a cliff. Uh, okay. Um, so what did you want to pose to me at the top of the podcast? Something about shooters prowess. Oh, I, um, I, I spent a lot of time finding a real golfer whose career most mirrors, um, Christopher McDonald's. The Christopher actor. McDonald's or Shooter McGavin's? Christopher McDonald's. Okay. The okay. The guy who, the guy who plays Shooter McGavin. Cause I mean, he is. And we're just going to have to get to the Shooter McGavin portion of this podcast right now. Let's go. Let's go. He, for me, he he balances out. I mean, he's the star of the show. He he makes it. He's probably my favorite sports movie villain of all time just because everything he brings to the movie. And it's the perfect balance with Adam Sandler because Adam Sandler is a very unique type of actor. And he brings like the same the same shtick to a lot of his movies. And it's not for everybody. But Shooter McGavin's presence in this movie makes, even if you're not into Adam Sandler's persona, it, it makes it all, it ties it all together. It's the perfect balance for me. Uh, but you never, this you, this actor, I went to his IMDb, Joe, like nothing you've ever heard of, he was relevant in. I mean, he's been in a million things and they're all like small roles or like random movies. Like, I don't know, Joe, An American Carol, The House Bunny, Spooner. It looks like some looks like an episode of Law and Order, Fanboys, Reunion, Deep in the Valley. I mean, I I haven't heard of any of this stuff. So, Black Widow, I don't know. So one of okay, he was in Requiem for a Dream. I don't know if you've seen that. He it's was a pretty yeah. So that that's the other movie that I Something know called him Balls from. to the Wall. He was Mr. Matthews in. That. Oh, of course. Um, I don't think this actor likes being Shooter McGavin. I think that it kind of defined his career, but. I guess the other thing would be if you're Christian McDonald and you have this sort of, you know, decent acting career, you're acting a lot, but you're not known for a certain thing. What's wrong with being known for being the best sports villain in history? Yeah. That's a great if, legacy. If he wasn't known for being Shooter McGavin, he wouldn't be known for anything. Yeah. What Better he... to be a husband than it never was. For sure. I mean, he's not Shooter a husband. McGavin. The character lives on. Yeah. He the should, character lives on. He should lean into it. I mean, he should just own that. That should be him. Like, why why fight it um he just, <laughs> uh when shooter dedicates his performance in the tour championship to chubbs <laughs> i think yeah. that epitomizes his entire character now, in this uh, movie i called it first <laughs> okay so nick at this point i'm just going to play this soundbite from Shooter McGavin. So hang tight. We're just going to listen to some of the best lines from Shooter right here, okay? Right. I tell you, the real winner today is the city of Portland. Every time I come here, it gets harder to leave. I think you guys put something in the water. <laughs> Excuse me, I got to go play a little golf. Good luck. Thanks. You got to admit, that's a hell of a drive. 450 yards, huh? Yeah, how do you finish again? Dead last? Oh, yeah, yeah. He had a good day, though. Thanks. I saw two big, fat, naked bikers in the woods off 17 having sex. How am I supposed to chip with that going on, Doug? You're going to beat me? Golf. Big trouble though, pal. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. Just stay out of my way. You'll pay. Listen to what I say. How about I just go eat some hay? I can make things out of clay and lay by the bay. I just made. What do you say? So Nick, I mean, the I eat pieces I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. That's obviously probably the the number one, but low-key, my favorite is I just saw two big fat naked bikers having sex in the wood off 17. How am I supposed to chip with that going on? It's fantastic. <laughs> that to me is his best. Um Hi Ashley. Ashley just brought so, Nick a drink. Yeah. What a I, queen. The uh, the, the, the uh, bartender is uh refilling my drink, which is perfect timing because I just uh ran out of my vodka crayon here. So oh, perfect. Um yeah, I don't know. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. That one's the one that stood the test of time. <laughs> <laughs> it really has. Um, but yeah, Shooter is a perfect movie villain. I think the only other one that I would say rivals him is, and I love this movie, Kingpin 
Bill Murray, Ernie McCracken. I don't know if you're very familiar with that movie, but I, I have seen it once, like, I don't know, 10 years ago. Bill Murray has it up to like 12 in that movie. It's just fantastic. And it's a great movie villain, but it's not as well known as Shooter McGavin. There's like mock social media accounts that are Shooter McGavin that are very successful because this character lends itself to just being so quintessential mid 90s asshole golfer. You know, mm-hmm. he has he he looks like a mid 90s golfer. He has the look like he pulls off the hair and just the whole demeanor. And when he asks Virginia for a Pepsi in like a very <laughs> condescending way, she's the like, PR person. And he's like, yeah, I need a Pepsi. I miss diet. Yeah. It's just, it's Such perfect. An and I will say when he makes the putt to tie happy at the end of the tour championship and he throws his putter into the air, that, that moment in the movie makes me laugh more than anything else. Shooters celebration after making his putt for par on 18, I'll lose it every time. Maybe Chris McDonald doesn't lean into being shooter because it's his most natural self and everybody hates him and he doesn't want to be associated with that because it is an incredible job of acting. It is the most believable acting performance I have seen in a long time. It just fits so perfectly. Yeah. Shooter McGavin is... Un, you cannot replicate it. You, you, you just can't. The balance with Adam Sandler, the way he is like such a dick, but like not in a Caddyshack way, but just a very, it's just a great time capsule, right? I, I, I love everything about Shooter McGavin. So I feel like we departed from your original premise. Didn't you want to mm. compare a career to a career? I found a, I found a uh, PGA Tour player whose career parallels chris mcdonald one todd hamilton joe i don't know (laughs) todd hamilton spent 12 years on the japan tour can i yeah please please go ahead i'm I'm just gonna say i think i know his major accomplishment yeah you you probably do he won the 2004 british open yeah i had the year that's awesome okay and he was the rookie of the year that year after 12 years at age 38 after 12 years on the Japan tour, and he went on to miss 111 of his next 187 cuts. I mean, that's <laughs> more he's cuts got than I would he's got, he's got more majors than Ricky Fowler. <laughs> that's, your, that's your favorite argument for I, any single major winner. I know. It, 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 seriously, Ricky can never win a major or else it's going to shut me down. I'm going to have to find some new material. That would be incredible if he won like God. two or three. Everything you would have said in the first 60 episodes of this podcast would be null and void. We'll have to, like, rebrand, and we'll have, like, before Ricky's major and after, after Ricky major. So I have a question for you, then. hmm Speaking about Shooter Gavin and Happy Gilmore, and you can take either one first, and I'll even go first to give you time to think about it because I've had some time. After the tour championship is over, what happens to the golfing careers of Happy Gilmore and Shooter McGavin. Now, I'm going to start with Happy Gilmore on my end. And I thought of a golfer who his post-tour championship success would mirror. And I've come up with Bubba Watson. Now, I think he is eminently more likable than Bubba Watson, but Bubba is very erratic in that he'll show up to a golf tournament not be interested, miss the cut by 11, and he'll show up to other tournaments having not won in two years and he'll win by five shots. And you're like, oh, well, that's just Bubba being Bubba. And I feel like that is so happy Gilmore. Like Bubba won the Masters twice. I think he probably has like seven or eight PGA Tour wins. When he's on, he's incredible. But when he's off, he's distracted and doesn't really care. And that's where I feel like happy would be. Like happy's motivation was to get the house back for his grandma. He got the girl. He won the gold jacket. He vanquished Shooter. So what are his motives in professional golf anymore? I think that after this, he'll probably chill out and maybe try to play some hockey again. And then eventually, <laughs> as he gets older, Virginia hopefully is still with him at that point and will convince him that, hey, look, you got to start playing golf again. Wins another tour championship. Maybe gets you know a Michelob Invitational or two and rounds <laughs> out a pretty good career as a professional golfer. So that's, that's where I got happy in that Bubba Watson zone, Nick. That's not bad. Um, I definitely got happy as a John Daly because 
when he's not doing well, he doesn't care. He like happy doesn't care about golf. And I think I'm not saying John Daly doesn't, but if John Daly goes and shoots two over on Thursday, like you better believe like he is checked out and he brings in an economically diverse audience who is just there to see him hit the ball a long way and probably throw a temper tantrum. And because you have no idea what's going to happen next with either of those two golfers, like I really feel like there's a lot of parallels between John Daly and Happy Gilmore. When you think about their personalities, like John Daly's out there drinking buds, making some country music albums, you know, like, yeah, I'll play golf when it's time to play golf. And other than that, like, he, he doesn't care. I mean, I think he doesn't care. Not to say that John Daly doesn't care, but he's just so volatile. Happy Gilmore, extremely volatile. But also likable. Like, Oh, for sure. Like, it sounds like a dumb moment to kind of show this because he has the whole narrative with his grandma, but... I thought the scene where he's signing the young girl's boobs and then the old lady comes over and Happy signs her boobs and then they <laughs> hug. It's like Happy has – that was like a great snapshot way to say, okay, Happy is like this you know, young dude partying, but he's also like this very sweet guy who kind of just cares about people, generally speaking. And that's kind of what John Daly is too, right? Like I think For sure. Ha- Happy Gilmore's PG-13 movie, John Daly is the rated R version of Happy Gilmore. Because yeah. Daly is on his eighth wife. There's substance <laughs> abuse problems. You know, we, we don't have that with Happy Gilmore, at least in this early phase of his career. Yeah. So you want to so do Shooter now? Well, I thought about Shooter. And, you know, how does the tour championship end? Happy wins. Shooter steals the gold jacket. Probably gets assaulted by Mr. Larson, among <laughs> many others, as he's trying to run away. Um, I think Shooter has a long medical recovery ahead of him. I think Shooter is probably in his late 30s at that point. So he's already like prime hitting post-prime. So I think Shooter is pretty much done on the regular tour. And then I think he lights it up in the senior tour, right? I think Shooter becomes not one of these Bernhard Longer types, maybe like a Scott McCarron, right? Someone who had a decent PGA Tour career. And then as soon as he turns 55, just lights it up on the senior tour. He's womanizing, kind of leaning into being a dirtbag. He's come back as a villain, right? He's not the nice guy anymore. So he's got the shirt collar popped. Maybe he's added a chain or two. There's a little bit of a <laughs> gut. But he still has like a cool old guy appeal. So kind of a dirtbag Scott McCarron is where I go with Shooter McGavin. There's two that are coming to mind for me, and it's it's tough. Um the first one that comes to mind is Patrick Reed because everybody hates him and he's such a good villain and he's just so easy to hate. Um, that's the, you know, like I could see Patrick Reed really having all those lines and just be such a weasel and people just don't like him and you just root against him. Um, the other one, as far as like the image goes though, is kind of Matt Kuchery for me. Like, Ooh, good one. you know, he just plays it up for the cameras and is kind of good old boy, but but really, he's such a dirtbag, and uh, everybody hates him. Um, and he also never won the big one, so that kind of fits with Kucher more than Patrick Reed. Those would be my two, just off the top of my head. I like the Matt Kucher one a lot. That makes a lot of sense, and I've been critical I, of I just, I just hope Kucher's not that big of a dirtbag. Well, really the only evidence we have of it is stiffing the caddy after winning the tournament down in Mexico, right? That's the mm-hmm. only concrete thing we have, but... I just don't think happy people smile that much, if that makes sense. Like, it's, <laughs> it's gotta always, be fake. It's gotta be fake. I just, I just don't buy it. I don't think Kucher's a good dude, but I think that's a good comparison for Shooter McGavin. I like that. Um, so, one thing I gotta bring up because in watching this movie, and look, I know this is an insane, barely normal universe that we're operating in right now, but my dad, who's in his mid 60s, we watch this movie a lot as kids, so my dad will watch it. My dad's a big golfer. So there's a moment during the tour championship where Happy's coming off the rails. He's been hit by a car. You know what happened. <laughs> so Happy <laughs> – I know. we got to just gloss over that. So Happy tries to go to his happy place, and he imagines, like, this evil version of it. Shooter's making out with Virginia and his grandma. Happy, I counted, swings and misses the ball five times, Nick. Five times. <laughs> Puts the ball in the water. I think it may skip out. Yet, the next it time... It skips we, like four times, but then it, it, it 
Does it, it looks pop like out? it stays in. I don't think so. It doesn't look like it does. It it it, it doesn't because I always thought that it did, and then I looked for it to pop out, and I don't think that it did. So let's just give him the benefit of the doubt and say maybe it popped out and he got up and down. Swings and misses five times. Loses one stroke on the leaderboard. My dad always brought this up during this movie. It never sat right with him. And my argument back to him was, even though it's a good point, this is the thing you have the problem with in this movie. This is the unrealistic part. I mean, there's so many unrealistic things, but I think they do, somehow they do a good job of like weaving those unrealistic moments in to just make it seem so nonchalant because yeah. I don't even find myself really questioning all the stupid shit that never ever ever would even be fathomable but Ashley has become the biggest like fact checker of every single movie so now she's always like is that a penalty is that legal like like when they make him play the ball off of, off of Frankenstein's fat foot yeah. and then he has to play the putt with the tower in front of him like is that legal is that real is that you know what I'm like no like, I don't think they would make him play with a freaking TV tower on the green in front of him. Like, I'm pretty sure he would just get some relief or move it or clean it up or delay the tournament. Like, they're not making him do that. But, like, yeah, of all the things, like, yeah, how many times he swings and misses? Yeah, that, that was another one that she called out. Like, how many strokes was that? Why would that be on the leaderboard? You know, like, dude, like, look, it's just just suspend your disbelief. Just, just let the movie tell you what, what's real and what's not. Imagine Tiger Woods has to get up and down on the 72nd hole of the Masters. The ball is on someone's foot, and he has to hit it off of that foot. Like, <laughs> everyone would be going insane. Like, what are we doing here? No, of course, that's not actually what would happen. But it's, it's still Frankenstein's fat foot. I love that so much. Uh, you know, y- you make a good point, Nick. Even though this movie is insane, it is sort of, like, grounded in a weird reality, at least – in my mind, and some of it could be nostalgia because I watch this movie so much as a youngster, but Adam Sandler is convincing as someone who hits the ball 400 yards. Like, I would love to know the process behind developing the Happy Gilmore swing because it's something... Can we, are we, gonna, can we talk about this whole, this whole part of the movie that, that he's just a hockey player who can smash the ball 400 yards, has no other part to his golf game, and wins the Tour Championship? And, like, in his hockey game, he's not even accurate in hockey. But somehow he just, like, hits every green from 400 yards. Well, he's not a strong skater. I'd say that about his hockey (laughs) game. So he is stationary on the golf course, which I think helps. Well, he's not really stationary because he's, like, pro-hopping up to the ball. That's a good point. But I think they do as good a job as you need them to do laying the groundwork as to why Happy can hit a golf ball 400 yards. Sure. They don't give, like, a 20-minute dialogue, but they say, oh, what a slap shot. Like, this guy's a right. psychopath and can't skate, but, oh, my God, he hits the ball a mile. And, like, the Happy Gilmore swing in itself, I think we need to take, take a second to just appreciate how that is the most replicated golf swing for every non-golfer, and maybe golfer, ever. Everyone knows the Happy Gilmore swing and how to do it. You just stand a few feet back, you wind up and take a rip. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't work. So, anyways, let's let's Wait, say. Whoa, 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 whoa! You can't just say that and move on. It doesn't work. What do you mean? Well, it doesn't add distance. You don't think? So? Have, have you tried it? I have not tried it, but I have seen so many YouTube videos and people do it. Because what they do is they just hop and then they stop and then just take a regular swing. Well, that's not it. You run th- – it's, it's almost like Ichiro slapping a single over down the, <laughs> the left field line. I love that analogy. You got to be running a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not, that's not the bone I'm going to pick with this. Okay. But the bone I am going to pick is I think they only show Happy hit one iron shot in the entire movie, and that's when he uh, – off a of par three in, I think, the Waterbury Open. I could be wrong. Everything else is just driver – and then, like, a five putt for, for a six. I mean, if you're hitting it 400 yards, isn't that what you're going to be doing, basically? I, I don't know. Do you have any problem with that part? Like, that's just his no. game? Is he just, he just, Matt hits every green and then can't putt? I mean, it sounds a lot like my golf game, so <laughs> I kind of relate to it. <laughs> no, I, I honestly don't have any problem with it. Um. I think it's fine. Like, okay, 
So let's just say mid nineties golf course. If we're going to do this, let's do this. If it's, if it's a mid nineties golf course, you're saying most of the par fives are probably around 500 yards. You're probably not talking long par fours. So theoretically, Happy Gilmore could drive almost every par four on every golf course. Even if he hits a few out of bounds, the amount of strokes you would gain from never hitting an approach shot, I think would get you to around par. Because let's just right, say... But, but, but that means you're not only hitting it 400 yards, but you're also like, accurately hitting it 400 yards. Like, never mind dog legs or going over trees or anything. You're just, you're hitting all these greens. He's got no touch. The absolute worst touch of any golfer I've ever seen depicted in a film. And you're expecting me to believe that all of these balls, like he's not trying to get up and down at least like six to nine times around. I mean, maybe Happy is making holes in ones that we're just not seeing because that's just a thing he does. He puts the ball in the hole. <laughs> I do have a question for you. This, this is getting me thinking. What score do you think Happy shot to win the Waterbury Open? I mean, it must have been like... 68. Oh, to win the Waterbury Open? Oh, Waterbury. Like, yeah, probably. In the 60s? 68. Yeah, I'd say 67, 68. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I want to play in the Waterbury Open. Like, screw Q School, everything else. Like, there's just one tournament that you can literally not know of when you wake up one day, and the next day you can win it and be on the Pro Tour. I have another problem with Waterbury facilities. <laughs> okay. When Happy is at the driving range. <laughs> He hits a sign that says 400 yards. Why is there a sign in the Waterbury driving range from 400 yards away? I don't think I've ever seen a 300-yard sign, let alone a 400-yard sign. Yeah, and then and then some guys just like, oh, yeah, you should play in the Waterbury Open tomorrow for a spot on the Pro Tour. I will say that is that is one of Happy's best lines. It's like, you should play in the Waterbury Open. He's like, yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Just a great Adam Sandler line delivery. <laughs> Just, oh, um, I don't even know how we got on this topic, Nick, but I'm having a great time discussing this movie right now. So, well, we got on this topic. I, I kind of have my bullet points for most unrealistic shot because we were just kind of randomly talking about. Um, okay. I have mine, too. <laughs> so maybe we just move on to most unrealistic shot. I've okay. got a list of contenders. And I just couldn't stop adding to this list. Um, so I'm just going to lay out the ones I've got on my list. And then you can see if you've got anything else to add. And then we can pick one. How does that sound? Sounds great. Okay. So first, um, when he's standing in his grandma's front yard. And the movers are there. And he just he hits three 400-yard drives all the way down the street on the neighborhood to the exact same spot. He hits those two people. He smashes a hole in the window. Um, dialed. He really was dialed in. The, the next most unrealistic shot, uh, nominee, the hole in one on the par four. It's along the same lines. He's just he just literally <laughs> hits every shot four hundred yards dead straight. Those um, computer graphics did not age very well. That looks pretty bogus right about now <laughs> on these HD TVs. I love the uh, the sound effect that they give to every time he hits it. I know, right? Um. Every Happy Gilmore tee shot was next on my list of most unrealistic shots. Um, the putt that goes like six feet past the hole and then spins back and goes How in. How great is that, though? Vern Lundquist's call on that is so good. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I get it if there's a slope behind the hole. Like, sometimes players will play this, like, weird, you know, angle on a putt, but there's a slope and they play it. But Vern does not reference always oh, playing the slope or there's a backstop there. It's just like, oh, my God, wait a minute. It's spinning back towards the hole. So I'm going to say there was no slope. and He just put some crazy spin on his putt. Classic happy. The mini golf earthquake shot that just all of a sudden cures happy of his of his like atrocious. He goes from being like the worst putter ever, like four putting from 12 feet. And then he. Smashes it off like 30 items in this mini golf course. And then all of a sudden he's poised to win the tour championship. Nick, I thought you read Bob Rotella. Golf is a mindset, baby. He got I that mean, switch okay. right. And my last one is the actual putt on 18 in the tour yeah. championship. <laughs> Joe, no, did I miss any? I, I think that's the list. Um, my <laughs> list was one deep and it was a happy shot to win the tour championship. 
Um, I guess my question is, and I get it, he's a hockey player, so maybe he's most comfortable doing this. You don't want to take a wedge to put it off the windshield? You want to you use the putter? It seems <laughs> like he got a lot of arc using that putter. When that's, maybe, that's a good point. Maybe just like a pitching wedge. Not even like a, a, a lob wedge or a sandwich, but, you know, a pitching wedge. Get like a nice, boring trajectory. In the air. Exactly. I so never if, thought about that because, um, yeah, I would just I just figured I, he's replicating that mini golf shot. But, yeah, he's he's literally hitting this putt with his hockey stick putter. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, it's bouncing off the windshield of a Volkswagen. <laughs> like, that would be a good trick uh, shot in and of itself. Maybe I'll stand in my backyard with my putter and try to try to wedge a ball off of I don't know what. Oh, you got to get that old bullseye odyssey hockey stick style. That thing is um, pretty cool. And I will say, something that they show a lot of is, like, made putts. So someone was out there making a lot of putts filming this movie. I just don't know that it was Adam Sandler. Definitely was not. I love how he um, grips his putter halfway down the shaft. It is pretty great. Um, Nick, who is the best golfer in this movie? It's Lee Trevino. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Six-time major winner, Lee Trevino. Yeah. I went on oh a little um, God. binge of I... watching his swing on YouTube. It, it's really fun. He's got a wild swing. Um, His his cameo is incredible. He's just always, like, shaking his head in disapproval, like, all throughout the movie. And then he's got the one line where Shooter McGavin is like, yeah, and Grizzly Adams had a beard. And then Lee Trevino goes, Grizzly Adams did have a beard. And I... I... Why is that the thing Shooter uses? I don't understand. It's such a dumb thing to say. I found a quote from Lee Trevino. He regrets his cameo appearance. Why? He said, if I knew they were going to use all those foul words in there, I never would have done it. He thought it was too, it was too dirty, too much, uh, too much cursing going on. Well, that's disappointing because I really enjoy his cameo. It's I wonder so- if he feels the same way now. Like if that interview was from a couple years after it came out and maybe 20 years well, later he's well, reflected you, um, <clears throat> his grandkids. I think, um, let's see. No, this is from 2013. Oh, Lee. Yeah. Okay. Is that surprising? It's a little surprising to me. I always viewed Lee Trevino as like a bit of a rascal, you know, a boy's boy. I have a, I have a confession to make. I, I didn't know that was Lee Trevino until the credits. What? Wow. I mean, as our loyal fans know, I mean, I can edit during this Lee out. Trevino. <laughs> during, I know, I know. I was, I, I shouldn't have said anything. But I mean, I was never when Lee Trevino was playing golf. I was never watching golf. I'm gonna start playing golf after I finish college. That's true. Like my my relationship so, so, to I, yeah. Well, I would just, just recognize say- Lee Trevino. Yeah. But, like, so he was playing in senior events, like, in the late 90s and early 2000s. And that's what – he always played in the skins game. So he always did, like, TV stuff and high-profile stuff. And I've been watching it for quite a long time. So that's that's how I knew it was him. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah, I, I'm we, surprised. We can move that on. That. <laughs> yeah. We can move on. So um, I'm curious your answer to this one. Who's the worst golfer in this movie? Hmm. Well, Joe, for the second week in a row, I'm going to go with uh, the star of the movie is the worst golfer of the movie. Happy Gilmore is hands down the worst golfer in the movie. This is just he... your bit now? No. I can't wait to see who you say if you have a worst golfer. He's got the worst touch of any golfer I have ever seen. He's got the worst demeanor of any golfer I've ever seen. He's a one-trick pony. If you're believing the whole thing, then all he can do is hit the ball a long way and then hope to God he can get the ball in the hole in at least three putts and save his par. He is the worst golfer in this movie. Who else swung and missed five times in one shot, Joe? I mean, it's the same guy who has the gold jacket. They don't ask how. They ask how many. (laughs) Nick, he won the tour championship. I can't believe this. So... Francis We Met is the worst golfer in the greatest game ever played. Happy mm. Gilmore is the worst golfer bad, in Happy Gilmore. Bad. When Francis is bad in the greatest game ever played, he's the worst. <laughs> okay. When of he's course. on, he's on. 
When he's on, he's beating Harry Varden and Ted Ray in the final yeah. round of the U.S. Open. Right, but his but his bottom, his bat is really bad. You know whose bat is really bad, Nick? Please tell me. Will Sasso. The mover. The big mover. <laughs> <laughs> when he's trying to enjoy Happy's grandfather's golf clubs, he takes one swing, and I give him credit. It's one of the worst golf swings I've ever seen. He comes up like 30% and just... It hits the ground a foot behind the ball, and it dribbles a foot. It's fantastic as a bad golf shot, but he is the worst golfer in this movie. The best part about that scene is that they act like Happy is going to do worse than that. I he, know! She's like, oh, I can't wait to see what you do. It's a lot harder than it looks. And I'm like, no matter how bad he is, he's at least going to be equal to you. Yeah, I mean, you're not, it's not like you're going to show him up with what you just did. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> that whole part is ridiculous. I, I never thought about the precision of those three shots being within like ten yards of each other. But you're right; that is that's pretty <laughs> damn good for your first time. Um, do you have anything else before we get to the movie score, Nick? Um, I don't think so. That's that's. I got a score for it. You want to go first? I give Happy Gilmore three under par sixty nine. And nice. I, w- I was debating between a 68 and a 69. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, a good round. It's it's under par on both nines, uh, under par for the day. It's it's good. It's good. You'll take it any time. I gave Happy Gilmore a 66. Okay. This is, in my opinion, the greatest golf movie ever made. Shooter McGavin is not only the best golf character in any movie, he is the best sports character in any movie ever. And when you combine those two things to give this anything less than a 66, I thought maybe even going like 65, Nick, because this is, this is a sensational round. There's no weak spots in the movie. It's a tight 90 minutes. You're in, you're out. A lot of stuff happens. A lot of characters is constantly coming at you. We didn't even mention the weird Zamboni driver who's lip syncing endless love <laughs> while they're listening to that in the dark. I'm sure there's tons of stuff we actually probably forgot to talk about because there's so many little moments throughout this movie. I absolutely love Happy Gilmore. It's a great character. Adam Sandler's best movie. I give it a 66, my lowest score. And I think 69 was your lowest score too so far. It is. It is my lowest score so far for sure. Well, Nick, if we have nothing else, there's just one movie left to talk about. If there was ever a movie that was going to personify a fifth person joining your group inappropriately, it would be the 1980 classic Caddyshack. That's going to be coming up next from Nick and I. When was the last time you saw that movie? I bet you I've seen it in the last five to six years. I haven't watched it start to finish. Justin Smoot showed up to the Coral Club one day wearing a a shirt that said, uh, every day. And it was the scene where the, the guy in the caddy, and he's like, uh, you take, take drugs, drugs, Danny? Take drugs, Danny? <laughs> Every day. Every and day. Uh, I, I feel like within a week of, of uh, having a beer with Smoot, I uh, went and watched that movie. Yeah, it's, it's a classic. It's Tiger Woods' favorite movie. So it's definitely something worth discussing. Nick, this was a great discussion on A Happy Gilmore. Despite what Roger Ebert said, I think it's one of our favorites. For sure. I mean, it's... It's one of the top two greatest golf movies of all time. Certainly. So, again, Caddyshack coming next week. After that, we have some fun stuff planned. We have plenty of quarantine content to get to. Nick, I feel like this is forcing us, actually, to be more creative with At The Turn. Uh, can, can I just be honest with you on the air about the yeah. state of the show? I, mm-hmm. I, I, I felt like maybe a little bit we got into this rhythm of talking about the PGA Tour a little bit too much. And this has sort of forced us to become creative, think off the beaten path. We're doing the movies. you got a fun project coming up. I think we have some fun interviews lined up. I'm excited at the direction of At The Turn. I couldn't agree more, Joe. You know what? PGA Tour is great. When it comes back, we'll touch on it. There, there's plenty of golf podcasters touching on the PGA Tour. I don't, you know. We don't need to do that. Yeah. That's not us. This is when, us. When Ricky wins a major, you know, we will discuss I can't wait for your two-hour apology episode. <laughs> of I, love, I, love, I, love, I do love Ricky Fowler. I do. 
Speaking of which, I'm sorry. I know we're supposed to talk about Happy Gilmore, but we're talking about golf here. So just just real quick, Nick and I are talking about this. It's early April. I saw some stuff where they're talking about moving the U.S. Open to like November and doing it at a California golf course. Just bring that thing to Oregon. Put it at Bandon Dunes, man. That would be so killer. Find a weird venue that you wouldn't expect. Just throw it there. Have like two cameras that just see a couple of things and play the U.S. Open, baby. Get it done. Just reminded me, Joe, that this would be Sunday leading into Masters Week. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna post the Caddyshack episode on Masters Masters Sunday evening. It's crazy. It's weird. Okay, I'll it's, wrap it yeah, up. It's depressing. It's depressing. Yeah, wrap it wrap it up, Joe. Um, actually, hold, before you wrap it up, I do have yeah, an announcement. Please, 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 please. Um, we have two. We have, we have a couple of business items to get to now that you've now you've listened to this uh, whole episode. Thank you. We are giving away a dozen Vice Pro golf balls. All you got to do is sign up for our email newsletter. You'll get two newsletters a month. We're not flooding anybody's inboxes. But sign up for that newsletter. And one lucky subscriber at the end of April is just going to get a free box of Vice Pro golf balls. Like I'm literally just going to go to my garage, disinfect them, take them down to the post office, and mail them to you. So just sign up. If you check out our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram pages, you literally can't miss it. It's the link in our bio, or there's a link that says email sign up. Just click it, sign up, get a couple emails a month with new episodes, deals from our partners, and potentially win a box of balls. Joe, also, I think um, maybe you should tell the fans about Precision Pro. Oh. Ugh, I, know. I know. I'm so glad you reminded me. Um, <laughs> well, I think ultimately it comes down to one question. And that is, what is the most important thing while you're playing around at golf? Now, these days, it might be hand sanitizer, Clorox <laughs> wipes. If you're out there, you got to be careful. If you're out there, go- the guilt got to be too much for me. I, I haven't played golf in two weeks. And I'm, Are courses I decided, still open in Oregon? Courses are still open in Oregon, baby. Savages. I know. So I'm, I'm done. Uh, they've been closed in mass for a while. They yeah. were closed at least until the first week of May. This is terrible. I can't do it. But. If you are going out there, don't worry about your balls. Who cares? Your tees, your clubs, it's all inconsequential. You need a rangefinder, Nick. A real rangefinder. Because that's what real golfers have. Not those watch things. Those are silly. We're not doing that anymore. It's 2020, 2021. Whenever we get back, there, get back out there and play golf, it's rangefinders. I need a real one. And that's Precision Pro. Nick, we have a very special deal. $10 off a rangefinder. Just go to precisionpro.com. Use the code at the turn. At the turn. And the, turn. the code is at the turn. You're going to save $20. Don't let Joe tell you it's 10. 10 you're or 20? Save, you're going to save 20 off a regular price rangefinder. Oh my 10 God. off any sale rangefinder. That's incredible. Okay, I might have to get one of my. Can I, can I get the coupon code? Does it apply to me? Please do. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's getting one of their stocking this year. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Happy Gilmore. We'll see you next week for Caddyshack. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.